0: Locked On Texans,
1: your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, alone, with my partner in crime. John, some sports
1: guy Hickman, happy to be. With you guys on Friday, today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch it. Of course, Friday, a couple of days a couple before Sunday's matchup against the New England Patriots, and Cody had an awesome time with the Locked Locked On crossover with Locked On Patriots. I love talking to Mike. Uh, You guys know that.
0: They're really good, by the way.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. But I love talking to Mike and I love talking about the Patriots. I don't get an opportunity to do that as much as I like on record. And honestly, I haven't had the opportunity to watch the Patriots play as much as I like to because why I cover the Texans and I love the Texans, you know, that's no secret. That's why I do this and I always keep my fandom out of it. But, you know, uh, always great talking to Mike. It's just It's it's very interesting to always hear his insight, which is is always interesting to hear everybody from our network's insight. But of course, that is my favorite team. However, we got to talk about the Texans, right? Had a very fiery press conference from Anthony Weaver uh, ahead of Sunday's matchup against Cam Newton and the New England Patriots. There's the injury report. And of course we got to do our ending. But Cody, where are we going to start first for today's show?
0: Well, since today is Friday, we're going to start off talking about two key members who are on the Houston Texans injury report. Now, as of right now, there is no word on if they will miss Sunday's game. But these two guys haven't received much practice so far this week. And the two guys that I'm talking about is Duke Johnson and Laramie Tunsil. Duke Johnson was limited in practice on Thursday with an illness not related to COVID. But it was an upgrade from Wednesday where he did not participate at all. However, the same cannot be said for Laramie Tunsell, who has yet to practice this week due to an illness, but is not related to COVID. And ladies and gentlemen, we know that the COVID numbers are spiking around the world right now, but I mean, this was expected because not only are you dealing with COVID, but you are dealing with the common cold. We are now in flu season, Um, allergies. So, you know, those two guys, they did not practice, they are dealing with an illness, but as of right now, it has not been said that they're dealing with anything COVID related, which I'm pretty sure is not COVID because they would have said it by now. However, the status for both of these guys are in question and I'm pretty sure that they will be available come Sunday, but because of the lack of practice, especially, especially Laramie Tunsil, who has not practiced at all so far this week, there are some questions about their status heading into Sunday's game against the Patriots. Now, For a team who is A, already without David Johnson, who has yet to be released off of IR following a concussion he sustained during the Texans win over the Jacksonville Jaguars a couple weeks ago, and B, an inconsistent offensive line, John and listeners, I do want to pose this question. And we are, of course, talking about a team who is entering week 11 with a two and seven record. If Johnson and Tunsil cannot go for Sunday, How much will their absence hurt the Texans against the Patriots? And to be honest,
1: asking how much worse they're going to lose this
0: game, (laughs) basically. And, you know, let's say if they're not able to go, look, obviously, the answer is it's going to hurt a lot because it's basically going to put the Texans in a position where they are going to have to play some inexperienced guys. If you go into this game without either one of the Johnson brothers, then nine times out of 10, Romeo Connell in the Houston Texans organization, perhaps is going to be forced to start Buddy Howell at running back because we all know that CJ Procise, he's not going to be the starting running back because he's starting their returner. And you're talking about a guy in Buddy Howell who has only played six snaps so far this season. And Lord have mercy, if the Houston Texans have to go into this game without Laramie Tunsil, Deshaun Watson might as well come prepared, ready to play in bubble wrap. Because even though the Patriots defense is not as good as it once was, I'm pretty sure they will still be able to get after Deshaun Watson if Laramie Tunsil is not available for this game. Their status right now is unknown, especially Laramie Tunsil. I honestly do believe we're going to see both of these guys come Sunday. And, you know, if you follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24, later on today, I will be giving you guys the update on where their status lie heading into Sunday's game. But, But John, even if they do play, especially for Laramie Tunsil, I don't think we're going to get 100% effort from either one of these guys.
1: You know, I look at it just like this. Uh, regardless of what happens, they're going to lose the game. Uh, and Houston has no fill-in for what Laramie Tunsil has been able to do this year. And that's the real concern because now you're playing with house money because of protecting the, the Deshaun Watson. You want to make sure Deshaun Watson is protected and you have no fill-in, you have no replacement, you have nobody comparable enough to protect Deshaun Watson and his blind side on that left side. Now, without Duke Johnson playing, that's also more concerning because now you're gonna to have to try to do some things on the fly that you, you may be trying to do it with a running back that you, you really don't know too much about with your team. And so that's the most concerning thing for both. But ultimately, it's more concerning that if Laramie Tunstall was not on the field, or if he's not able to give hundred percent, then now the blind side of Deshaun Watson is in jeopardy. And in 2020, two and seven, your coach GM getting fired at the four games, all of the misfortune uh, the Texans have went through this year. It'll be one of those crazy years where it's just like, <sighs> Deshaun got hurt too. And nobody wants that, right? That's, that's the most, that's the biggest concern because of the year outside of sports and the year with sports and the year specifically for Houston, everything's been bad. And that's why I'm concerned with, with Duke Johnson. Is it a concern? Yeah, but it wouldn't be as big as a, a, a concern. it be a, it would be a bigger concern if they were actually in the hunt. You, you get my drift? Like if he was an actual X factor for a playoff team or a playoff bound team, then yeah, that'd be very concerning. But the real concern is making sure Deshaun Watson can survive this game on Sunday.
0: Yes, sir. And the injury report did provide a little bit of good news regarding Charles Amini, who, as we all know, he suffered a hamstring injury during their win against the Jacksonville Jaguars two weeks ago. And we all know last week he did not play, but this week is looking more and more likely that we might see him on the field come Sunday. Um, He was limited not only yesterday's practice, but Wednesday's practice as well. And when you play against a guy like Cam Newton, who loves running the ball around, especially since he really doesn't have any targets to throw it to, we're going to make sure we need all the help we can get on that front seven. However, speaking of the help that we need on the front seven, <laughs> Anthony Weaver has had enough, not only with his team, but with us as reporters. And, oh, man, Anthony Weaver was really upset on yesterday about the notion that the houston texans are bad at stopping the run so i'm going to play a snippet of his media availability and john you and i of course we're going to talk about it and give our thoughts on why is anthony weaver a so mad and b do you or do you not agree with him what he has to say Thanks to the lack of natural athleticism or commitment fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they will join another league, the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it.
1: Yeah, we gotta not give up 60-yard runs at the end of the game, Aaron. This narrative that's being painted like my guys are on discipline and running around blocks, quite frankly, and to be put it bluntly, is bullshit. My guys play hard. They battle. They're doing the absolute best they can. And they leave their their everything they have on that football field to go out there and stone the run. We lost the game 10-0. Yeah, you could say it's been 17-0. All right, but we expect to go out there and stop the run every time we do it. But to sit here and paint this narrative, I, there, was a, there was a question asked to Romeo the other day about uh, the accountability of the defense. Are they accountable? Hell yeah, they're accountable. Anybody that's worked for me, anything I've done in my entire life has been accountable. And if that's ever questioned, then I'll resign. Okay. But these guys battle, they fight, they're doing everything they can to go out there and stop the run. And we're going to try to do it again this weekend.
0: That was Texans defensive coordinator, Anthony Weaver. And you can actually hear it in his voice, the frustration of not only being two and seven, but of course the team's performance on defense. And that, that snippet that I just played, Weaver was asked by a Texan reporter. I don't, I don't remember which one it was, but it wasn't me. Could they sustain their run defense for all four quarters after they allow 148 in the fourth quarter during the loss against the Cleveland Browns? And we all know that Nick Chubb had that a big run of 59 yards that basically sealed the game for the for the Browns on Sunday. And as I sat there doing his media availability on yesterday, to be honest with you, John, and listeners, I could not help but actually feel a little bit sorry for Weaver as he takes up for his team. And I say that because what we saw on Sunday was just another example of not only why the Houston Texans are heading into their Week 11 matchup against the New England Patriots at 2-7, and seven, but it summarized why the Texans have had a problem with not only stopping the run, but they epic collapse in the fourth quarter. And it's been a problem all season long because when you go back to Sunday's game, the Texans actually had a pretty good outing stopping Nick Chubb, stopping Kareem Hunt prior to the fourth quarter. Because entering the final period, the Texans held Cleveland to only 83 yards on the ground. And then of course, they had that epic four quarter collapse. But sadly enough, this was not the first time that Houston had a game as such. Going back to early on in the season, it was the same issue against the Ravens and against the Steelers. In those two games, Houston averaged a combined 89 yards through the first three quarters, but in the fourth quarter alone, they gave up an average of 110 yards. Of course, some of these issues are missed tackles. In my case, the lack of talent. But, John, I know you heard me say this before, but I do blame majority of their fourth quarter issues on the offense because their offense in all three of these games, from the, from the Ravens to the Steelers and even the Cleveland Browns, they were not able to sustain their drives, which is forcing the Texans defense to be gassed in the final quarter. Sunday, they lost a time of possession against the Browns, and the same can be said against the Ravens and the Steelers you can honestly say the only time their run defense did not show up at all was that very first game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Because, yes, their run defense was terrible against the Vikings and the Titans. But at the end of the day, they was playing against Delvin Cook and Derrick Henry, two of the top running backs in this league as of right now. And by the way, and Henry and Cook, they don't just do this against the Texans. They do this every single week. So... I'm not going to lie. I do agree with Anthony Weaver. You know, he had other stuff to say throughout his availability, but I do agree with Anthony Weaver because there's a lot of factors that I've noticed throughout this season that has them being ranked one of the worst in the league.
1: Uh, I would dispute that claim by saying the Chicago Bears have one of the worst offenses in the league, and look at where their defense is. Now, granted, they have Khalil Mack, they have Akeem Hicks. That secondary is phenomenal, but they're able to play great football through four quarters in order to keep their team in the game. Uh, And and while Anthony Weaver has a right to be mad, he also has to understand that we're looking at the product on the field. We are seeing the lack of talent. We are seeing the lack of execution. We're seeing the lack of growth out of players like Justin Reed and, and quite frankly, through 10 weeks, Lonnie Johnson. And I mentioned early in this season throughout the show that it's not his fault that he's dealt the hand that he's dealt. And my dad used to always say, it's not your fault, but it's your problem. It's not your fault that you were giving these players to work with, right? You didn't, you didn't have the opportunity to handpick your players. Of course, if you would have, then I'm sure you would have tried to have more talent on this roster, but for you to be mad and and for you to, you know, call BS on what you call him BS on that to me that shows that you're not going out without a fight you're still going to go out swinging and I like that right a first year DC uh, after being a part of the coaching staff after playing as an NFL player you know you come in your first year in your first year let's look at everything that has happened right you lose DJ Reader your general manager and head coach gets fired COVID happened, so you don't get an opportunity to really uh, uh, go through a full offseason. So you can't groom your rookies to play how you want them to play. He's been fighting up a hill this entire year, and it sucks because we really don't know if Anthony Weaver is a really good DC or not. We just know that right now, we see what the product is on the field. So he has every right to be mad, but I think right now he's mad at, he's more mad that he's getting the blame which isn't fair, right? If we look at everything we analyze, Cody, who is the number one person you would blame for what we are seeing on the defense right now? And listeners at home, who is the number one player person you would blame for the defensive
0: struggles right now? I don't know if you'll agree, but I would have to put the blame on Bill O'Brien. Oh no, no, no. no. <laughs> because That's he's, it. So, he's the one that, That's that it. orchestrated this terrible defense that... We are seeing and glad and, and John, I'm, I'm actually glad that you said what you said about, we don't even know if Weaver is a good defensive coordinator because of the lack of talent. And which brings me to my next point, you know, I know we want to see the Houston Texans clean house this offseason, but shouldn't it be kind of in their best interest to keep Weaver around? Because I can't tell you how many times, not just you, John, but, you know, with the Texans reporters that I've talked to, I can't tell you how many times I, I, I've heard this season I like the defensive schemes that Anthony Weaver had against this guy. I like the defensive schemes that Anthony Weaver had against he's this trying. Team. He's trying. He's like, trying. Yeah, that's he's what I'm trying. saying. It's like you can see that he's trying. Now, of course, whatever coach they bring in, He's going to build his own staff. Hopefully the Texans give him that freedom to build his own staff. But I would not mind to see Weaver get another shot at this.
1: And and, no, and when you say I might not agree, that's exactly what I'm agreeing. Uh, Nobody told Anthony Weaver. Anthony Weaver didn't go out and and sign Brandon Dunn to a contract extension. Right? Nobody nobody told Anthony Weaver – that going into this year, you're gonna to have to deal with COVID. Nobody, t- right after you lose 24, you're up 24-0, then you lose to the Kansas City Chiefs and they move on to keep you around and they bump you up to DC. Nobody told him you're gonna to have to deal with COVID-19 so you won't have a real off season. There's only so much you can do with virtual. Nobody told him DJ Rita is gonna to go to Cincinnati, right? Nobody told him that in March, the Texas was going to release. And looking back at it, their best safety from last year He's no longer with us in Tashaun Gibson. Nobody told DJ, I'm sorry, nobody told Anthony Weaver any of these things are going to happen. He was dealt the shortest of sticks and he's trying to make it work because honestly you can tell he's still trying to get a feel for the game as a defensive coordinator and it's hard to, to, to coach with your back against the wall with nobody else around you that you can really go to war with because of how talented or lack thereof your team is, right? I mean, we can't trust the person we drafted from the pick that we traded for after trading DeAndre Hopkins. We can't trust Ross Blacklock on the field because he's still a rookie and the worst year to be a rookie, right? He's not like Chase Young or somebody who can just plug and play. Can't trust really – Jonathan Kennard that much. The only reason why we saw him on the field is because of injuries and COVID. We still haven't seen John Reed and I hope to God Sunday we see more of him. So it's it's just, it's unfair. And I think he was going off on his behalf, not necessarily the behalf of the product on the field. That's just, that's just my speculation. Like it was one of those, God damn, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? That's what I felt like it was coming from. And, of course, as a coach, he's going to believe in the guys that he has because that's what a coach is too. And maybe some of that was for his players. But at this point, that's like doing a group project and everybody does their part, but there's this one guy, and you're like, God, damn, what else do you want us to do? Can you put in – and some players are that one guy. Vernon Hargrave's been atrocious – Philip Gaines being atrocious. Justin Reed not being able to tackle and playing better last year when he was hurt than he he is now. Those are those PowerPoint team guys. All you want to do is slap your name at the end and and, and bring a a whiteboard with your name on it. (laughs) That's Come on. I think Anthony Weaver was more pissed about him getting questioned. What do you want me to do? Sunday's matchup, Cam Newton versus Deshaun Watson. Both teams are struggling compared to where they've been in the previous years. You got the New England Patriots who, for the first time in 20 years, number 12 ain't giving the AFC East hell. And they're struggling. They're struggling to figure out what their identity is with Cam Newton. Then here in Houston, you have a team on the field led by the magician himself, Deshaun Watson, but he's been compromising his – and his success and how great of a season he's been having has kind of been downplayed because of everything else that's been going on around him. But they play Sunday. We got our predictions. Don't go anywhere. Locked on Texas, your favorite Texans podcast.
0: Hey, Randall. Um, you know, entering this game, sitting at 2-7, and seven, how important is it for you guys to finish off the season strong in hopes of not developing a losing culture that can actually carry on into next season?
1: We, we go out and we play hard every every game. Um, you know, we, we go out, we, we're giving it our best effort. Um, this is the NFL. You know, it's, it's not an easy league. Uh, the 10 years, this is my 10th year playing in this league. I, I know that week in and week out, anything can happen. Um, you know, you you try to put yourself in the best positions, uh, you know, but sometimes it's more it, it's more than what we do on the field, and um, you know, it's 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 been a very frustrating and difficult year. Uh, but but it's not like we're not trying and we're not uh, trying to find a way to win games.
0: Texans, Patriots, John. I want to ask you this question since the. Patriots are your favorite team. After what, ten games now? We have seen Tom Brady without Bill Belichick. We have seen Bill Belichick without Tom Brady. Who do you think need the other more? Because neither one of them looks as good as they once did. But (laughs) who need the other more, in your opinion? I think that's unfair right now. Um
1: of Course, what we're seeing is Birdie having success in Tampa. But how many games did Tampa win last year? Eight, seven, eight,
0: with a Jameis Winston that would nearly have how many interceptions? Oh, he went 30 for 30. He gave he gave new meaning for 30 for 30. And, you know, speaking of your favorite team, now he's going to be the starting quarterback for my favorite team. My hometown team in the New Orleans Saints, since Drew Brees, is out due to a collapsed lung and some fractured ribs. So I just hope he don't have a repeat performance. So you you plug in
1: Tom Brady to that Bucs team and with a very good defense. Yeah, they look good. Right. I don't I, I'm not taking him as a real contender just yet because they lost. Twice at the, the New Orleans Saints, and one of them was a convincing win. I mean, Drew Brees put on a show. But then you look at New England and, and where Cam is trying to still figure out how to be Cam in this offense on the fly, right? Because Cam got brought in like last late minute. I think the the jury's still out, but you got to give love to Tom Brake right now. He's having a winning season and he looks good. He looks good. So but enough of that, we got to talk about the Texans and what we think is, is going to happen uh, on Sunday. I'll be at that game. I can't wait to watch football live with my mask on. But, Cody, Sunday's matchup, 12 noon, Houston, Texans. That team off NRG at the NRG Stadium off 16 and Kirby.
0: I think when it's all said and done, we'll be looking at a team that's two and eight. Deshaun Watson is going to speak positive while J.J. Watt speak in frustration and anger. I, I, I would not be surprised if J.J. Watt don't even just show up to the post-game press conference anymore. He, he's just done. He, he is just truly done with this team, with this season. He, he's just truly done. With that being said, I have the Houston Texans losing a close one. Damon Harris Their running back is quickly establishing himself as one of the most explosive young players in this league. Um, In their last game, in a win against the Baltimore Ravens, he rushed for a career-high 121 yards off of 22 carries. This is a team who relies heavily on the run, especially when you have Cam Newton. Um, I actually have Cam Newton having a really good game because not only is he playing a team who has a very shaky run defense but we know how terrible the secondary is my bold prediction for this game I think we're going to see Cam Newton throw for around his average of 200 yards but I think he's also going to add close to 100 yards on the ground as well with that being said depending on which I'm at least 80% confident Laramie will play Deshaun Watson as he just said a couple days ago that he viewed Cam Newton as his big brother um, I think Deshaun Watson is actually going to put on the show this game I think we're going to see a great performance from both quarterbacks but one team has not only a better talent but of course they have a legendary if not one of the greatest coach, if not the greatest coach of all time. And I think that's going to be enough to push the New England Patriots over the Texans with a score of 30 to 27. I say 30 to 27 because damn near every single game the Houston Texans have lost. They have been winnable. But for one reason or another, they always came out on the losing side. And I think we're going to see a repeat performance of that again.
1: Yeah, no, I told you guys last week I'm never picking the Texans to win another game this year. So, uh, Patriots over Houston easily 30 13. 30 13. What the hell? Let me go, let me go 27 13. 27
0: 30. So, you want to take three points off? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take three points. I know that's your team at heart, and I know that's the team you grew up loving. But come on, John. Don't be biased now. Don't be no, biased. I'm no, I'm not being biased. I'm being real. I don't trust this team to do right. You do I know Tom Brady is not walking through that door. He's walking through a door on Sunday, but he's not walking through the NRG Stadium door on Sunday. You know that, right?
1: 27-13. Kansas wow. One through the air, also one on the ground. And I think Damian Harris rushes for at least 120
0: yards. Uh, but, and I think well, he just had 121 last it. week, so that's that's, oh, yeah.
1: that's fair. And as a total, I think the Patriots rush for at least 160 yards overall. Uh, They will exploit this terrible run defense and they will continue to uh, grow as an offense. And Houston will continue to show why uh, Anthony Weaver back was against the wall when he took this job. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. It's Friday. You guys deserve everything you want. You want a shot? Drink responsibly. You want some Pepsi? With the shot? Go ahead and get your chaser right. You want to spend time with your family and friends you deserve it also do it with a mask and safely everybody in this crazy year deserves something to make them smile so i am johnson sports guy hickman don't forget to follow us on twitter at locked on texans and like us on facebook
0: and as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, and please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Why 24? Because Kobe Bryant is the GOAT. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.